0: Greetings constant listeners. It's Jen to the Rage Adams. What you're about to hear is a clip from the latest episode of our new spin off series, Randall and Mel's month of Halloween hell. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little carried away. How do you hear the full thing? Become a member of our Patreon, The Barons. It's there you can unlock over a hundred hours worth of exclusive content, which includes our new archival series, our new Dark Tower series, over a dozen commentaries on Stephen King movies, and even monthly hangouts over Zoom. You can subscribe now through the link in the description of this episode. Or you can visit www.patreon.com slash the barons hope to see you there over long days and pleasant nights. Well, speaking of inscrutable, I can move on to my movie. Yeah, what did you watch on the night I watched actually I didn't no, think it was 10th? that. Uh, yeah, I this is actually a movie I did not think was that inscrutable, although it was fascinating. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no, it's okay was uh nineteen seventy sevens houseu or house oh. uh, by nobu Iko Obayashi. I loved this movie. this is a of course five you st- did. A five stars. How did I never see this I before? Know, it's like I'm <laughs> so fucking worked up and amped about this movie like the I piano was watching scene. <laughs> piano scene every scene like i this movie to me uh, so I guess just basic of well, i and I also apologize because i didn't I didn't say on our list that we posted uh which, house i was watching because there is another movie from 1985 i believe um uh called house and uh, there was a little bit of confusion there so i apologize for that i've heard that movie's cool it's got george went i might watch it someday um but i watched House sue or house um which is about a schoolgirl and six of her classmates who travel to her aunt's country home which turns out to be haunted, which is kind of a very simple description of a very chaotic film. Uh, this is a movie that um, like the how do I phrase this? It reminds me of anime in certain ways. Uh, and but what it reminds me of even more, and I guess this is the easiest way for me to begin talking about it, was um, Mel, have you ever seen the Monkeys TV show? Um, I think so, way back when. Okay. Well, I would highly recommend that you revisit it. It aired from 1966 to 1968. Uh, I I loved it when I was a kid, but my brother and my sister-in-law are big fans and they own them on DVD. And they were like, you got to come watch some monkeys with us. And I was like, I don't know. I used to watch that with mom. You know, why do I want to watch monkeys now? Even though I like a lot of monkeys songs, but then I watched and it's like, Oh, like, I was too young to get that this is just a complete fucking drug-fueled nightmare. <laughs> it's, like, like, uncanny, like, it's... <laughs> yeah, the, well, the monkeys TV show, it's just, the difference is that Haosu is, like, is horror, and... Although it is very funny, and we'll talk about that. But like whereas the monkeys was comedy. But they have a lot of the same things in that extremely jarring cuts, uh, weird wipes, um, music that feels inappropriate all the time. Uh, and like weird, goofy sound effects. Like when, uh, like whenever anybody bumps into anything on the monkeys, it's like boom, 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 like over and over. And it's so great. Like they can't show anything without a sound effect accompanying it. And the thing is, the more you watch the monkey show, like the later in it, it gets even more drug fueled as it goes on because they just had no oversight and they were just going crazy in the editing room. And it's such a joy to watch. Like I can't put, in, put into words how good the monkeys TV series is. And that's what I was reminded of while watching this movie which is so manic and it's filled with these uh, everybody's operating with these incredibly heightened emotions and there's all these frequent zooms and uh again like just everything about the movie is so jarring and there's mixed in animation there's slow Yeah, what motion. i remember most is the effects yeah mostly. yeah and it can and it all looks like it was like it all, it all looks like it was like hand drawn. Like that's how cool it all looks. And there's so many colors. There's so much, and it's, it's so utterly surreal. Um, and you know, I guess the question is like, is it scary? And the question, the answer when I was first watching it, I was like, Cause you know, I've, I've talked to a couple of people about it and they were, and they, a lot of people kind of said, it's like, oh, it's more of a comedy than anything. And I agree with that. But at the same time, like there are things that really did unsettle me like, or like the fact that so much of the movie looks like it was shot on a set almost like, um, when she's in the backyard with her parents early in the movie, the main character's name is gorgeous. Uh, the sky is framed in this kind of twilight or this kind of, you know, sunsetting twilight uh, that looks so completely unnatural. Like it's from a dream world or something. And that really helps set the stage. And then uh, there's all these scenes when like the two girls like gorgeous and fantasy, like are talking, this little circle will surround them. That's like pulsing with these various mm-hmm. colors and he'll do these things things where, uh, where um, in the middle of a scene, he'll just like, like, The whole screen will go black, except for one little circle over one little girl's face, you know? And it's, there's all these like indicating motions in there. It's like, look here. No, look here. Look here. Look here. Go over here. Look over here. And that's what I kind of love about it because it moves at this absolutely manic pace. And uh, I also love that there is a kitty at the center of this movie. There's an Mm -hmm. evil witch cat named Blanche. I was going to ask how you're doing with all the dog violence, because both high life and flatliners involve some upsetting dog content. Yeah, Glad you I uh, ended up you ended up with a movie that had some good cat content. Yeah, I struggled with the dog content in um in Flatliners. I have to be honest, I I I probably Blacked out because I saw High Life when it was in theaters. I think I zoned out and blacked out during any of the dog scenes. So, (laughs) Um, but I will say uh, I love the cat in this. Every time there was a zoom on the cat, it went wow. Like there was this like the picture of the cat. The picture of the cat is incredible, just spewing (laughs) blood. But it's like, but every time they showed Blanche the cat, it was wow. Like there was just they had to add it in. And there's like those shots where it'll be the rewinds, like it's like the cat jumping across the piano. But they they do it really jarringly, and then they rewind it and do it again and rewind wind it and do it again, which is something they did on the monkeys TV show, which is something that they played for just manic laughs on, on the monkey show. And here, everything just serves to extremely disorient you. And, um, and to kind of just set up the fact that this place that they're existing in is not natural. This house is haunted and the house eats people. Like what it does to this girl is it eats them (laughs) in various ways. And, um, and it's, it's, it's very like at times almost upsetting, but but also hysterically funny. Like there's one part where a girl bring, is bringing up a watermelon from a well, and it turns out to be a girl's disembodied head that is alive and then flying through the air and then it bites her ass. And then it spews this like red watery blood. Um, And I was laughing, but I was also like, that's so scary. <laughs> like if I saw that when I was a kid, it would have absolutely frightened the hell out of me. And um, and then the piano scene is extremely upsetting, especially because that's when they start kind of, um the girls start becoming naked a lot like as the movie goes on which is just weird because they're so young and um but then it just it becomes this whole sense of um Of there's this perversion that's happening, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's also funny until it starts to become really violent and uh and and uncomfortable. And I like that. I like that it pushes us there because it makes things, it makes it just kind of like, oh, I was having so much fun with all of this, even with a lot of the horror, but now it's starting to get genuinely upsetting. Like it's like a childlike thing that turns on you, (laughs) right? It turns on you. And like, and what I love is the piano scene goes on for so long (laughs) and that's I think what makes it good because at first it's funny like Mm -hmm. her finger like she's laughing because her fingers are getting bit off Mm -hmm. but then it's like suddenly she's inside of the thing and it's just leaping on the screen like pulsing on the screen as she's like screaming inside of it and it like really really worked me up in a very good way like I absolutely loved it but um but uh and then I, you know, but it's like, it does start to become like relentless because when the blood starts pouring from the cat's, the the painting of the cat's mouth and it begins to fill the room and she's just floating on these, um, on these panels, like on this, on this blood water, it's just kind of wild to think about like. Like this is one of the like, you know, in terms of sheer volume, <laughs> this is one of the Quantity bloodiest things <laughs> yeah, I've ever seen. And um, but it's so manic and and so childlike. But what I think is interesting, I was digging into it a little bit and the director really, and well, the, there's a lot of funny stuff about the making of this movie, like basically producers wanted something like Jaws, <laughs> they wanted like, oh uh, you know, like a crowd pleasing movie that had a bunch of big action set pieces that would draw people in in droves and instead the, the guy that they tapped to make this literally went and asked his daughter, um, his child for Ideas and a lot of the ideas were hers, like including the idea of like um, uh, a ghost in the mirror looking back at you. And I believe a lot of the cat stuff was like um, from the daughter and things like that, like um, oh, a girl being trapped inside of a clock, uh, things like that. Um, oh, oh, and then what, the one that's funny is because there's like a scene when all these like futon mattresses like fall on a girl for like ever, which is so bizarre to me because like, but I do like that because it's it's kind of like how in uh, Dawn of the Dead, how the zombies walk and you're like, ha ha, that's not scary. I could just run away from a zombie. But then when there's like a million of them, it does become scary. And that's kind of what happens with these futon mattresses. And, um, but that was apparently an idea from his daughter, which is just very funny. Um, But, but, you know, but there is sort of a deeper meaning here in that he wanted to make Uh, a movie that kind of subtly touches on the atomic bomb, you know, that blew up Hiroshima. And what he's essentially writing about or making here is the first half of the movie is about this young generation that was born after the bomb and doesn't really have that same kind of feeling of loss that came with that because they were born after it happened. And whereas the older character in it is from that generation, there's this, there's a flashback sequence where we learn that the ant character uh lost her, you know, her great love in the war and carries that with her. And that grief and that trauma is sort of what like, you know, allowed this witch cat demon to like latch onto her. And and so it's almost like the previous generations, like the, or the younger generations are going to eventually be consumed in some ways by the trauma that was caused by that bomb. They're too young to really understand the impact that it had on the people around them, but the older they get, the more they're going to see that impact and the more it's going to bleed into their lives as well. And and then he wanted it to be really chaotic because he wanted it to represent that idea, I think of an explosion, something that, you know, Not only rocks uh, the world, but the very fabric of reality itself. And it's about like these two generations in a lot of ways. And there's this whole scene at the mirror uh, where the young, where Gorgeous sees her aunt in the mirror, and then the images, whether it's her or her aunt, begin to blur together. And then there's this really eerie shot of Gorgeous with this set of fangs. And it's kind of like you know there is a corruption that's going to happen to these girls eventually because history will you know even though it's already passed, like the history perseveres, like the of the country perseveres. And um, and I think that, you know, you can enjoy the movie for the chaos of it all and the colors of it all. But I think weaving in that aspect, like the bomb aspect, and that sort of thematic undercurrent that exists there is, is really, really a cool way to look at it as well. So uh, 10 out of 10 on this one. I love this movie. It was a riot. And um, this is one like I absolutely would watch again. Um oh, I'm it's so, so glad you cool. liked it. Absolutely. I thought loved you it. would. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, let's move on to our last day today. What did you watch today, Mel?